The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, I flew in from New York City back here to Arizona last Sunday. And, you know, I did what you do. I got my luggage and then I dialed up an Uber and it said, wait time, 11 minutes. And I'm like, 11 minutes, that's too long. I can't wait 11 whole minutes. So I looked around for a taxi, but thankfully I didn't see one. So I never canceled my Uber ride. And then uh, after 11 minutes, a red Tesla pulled up. That's right. I went with comfort. That's what you do. Sometimes you feel like you need a little comfort. So I had a fancy car come up and uh, I got inside and the driver was playing Beethoven. And he said, I'm excited to see you because I could tell you're a musician. I think the fact that I had a guitar gave it away. Plus, I kind of look like a musician. But anyway, he looked like one of one of us, uh, a, a musician himself, an artist, a freak, a poet, a madman. I could tell real recognizes real game recognizes game and we got to talking and uh halfway home he started telling me this story about this chest he found in his father's garage when he was looking after him and how uh, it was padlocked and dusty and old uh, like uh, you know something out of a movie he asked his dad about it he said he's gonna bust it open he busted it open he saw all the blueprints for the spirit of st louis his grandfather was the chief designer of the spirit of st louis and an unsung hero no less so he found this smithsonian treasure chest in his garage and he started telling me the story he told me he had a whole book that goes along with this journey and right then and there i said you gotta come on my radio show so without further ado nova hall is an accomplished artist whose work has been shaped by a combination of classical training in black and white photography and years of arts training as a student with direct mentorship by acclaimed international artist and fine art painter leandro soto nova is the co-founder chairman and president of flying over time a nonprofit organization whose mission is to bring history and stories to life through multiple media and uh, with a special focus on the story of Donald A. Hall, Nova's grandfather, who was chief engineer and photographer of the Spirit of St. Louis in 1927 with Charles Lindbergh famously, which which Charles Lindbergh famously flew across the Atlantic. Welcome to the show, Nova Hall. How are you, man? Thank you for picking me up from the airport and being so cool. What's going on? Oh, I'm just thrilled to be here. Um, that was such an awesome moment. I just, you know, walk on up and there you were. And I'm like, did we just connected like, like instantly? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, one of the all time great Uber rides, but tell the story of what, of what happened. I told some of it, I teased some of it, but so you're taking care of your sick father and you were mm -hmm. cleaning up the garage and you found this, uh, old chest go take it from there. Well, so uh, I'd never met my grandfather back in, he was, he passed away in 1969. I was born in 76. So as I, as I grew up, my father was always, you know, kind of telling me a little bit, you know, every once in a while, he'd plant these little seeds with me. And then there I was, you know, deciding what to keep, what not to keep in the garage up in Sedona. 
because that's where we lived. And I had actually dropped out of school at NAU to take care of him. And I moved some boxes. And there, behind these boxes, was this old World War One-era steamer trunk. And this time I noticed it had my grandfather's initials stenciled on the side. And, you know, once I spoke with my dad, he didn't remember where it had come from, what was in it. And once I popped lock and opened it, you know, I was the first thing I remember was the the I was almost assaulted by the smell of old papers. And I still remember when I closed my eyes, I still see the red dust floating in the air. And little did I know that this was going to literally change my entire life. You know, this was a story kind of like, like in Hidden Figures, where a person who was so critical to our entire world had been forgotten. And of course, the question was, why? Why did it be forgotten? Why did the Smithsonian didn't we not, not know about this, this collection? You know, who, who knew the truth? Well, it was in the chest. It was just a question of taking all these papers, all these, all these negatives. And that was one of the things I remember the most is I remember pulling out a box that had all of these original negatives. And I'd, I'd learned black and white photography for years. And at Verde Valley School, Verde Valley School is a high school up in Sedona that, that I attended. And I, I had no idea what these, these negatives were. I mean, I remember holding one up and I was like looking at it through the light and Turns out it was the inside of the wing of the Spirit of St. Louis. But I had no idea what that was at first, right? I didn't know the context. I didn't know the stories. And then as, 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 I, as I found myself delving deeper into the story and understanding the, the technical parts of how a plane is built, um, then I could start interpreting what all these, these, these photographs meant and and it's been a long process that became then the book the book then became the exhibition and the art uh leandro was was critical in that i think i was telling you about this that that one of the uh one of the most difficult parts of this story was when i walked into his studio i was at asu and wait before you go to those that you're you're jumping too far ahead because <laughs> i don't want to get off this discovery of your grandfather's chest I, we'll get into your art and and uh what leandro told you to do in that difficulty i, I remember that part of the story but first yeah. i want to find out was did you know that your grandfather was one of the chief engineers of the spirit of st louis i mean was that at least internal family lore or was this completely unknown to you well there was i remember you know there was a there's a movie by with jimmy stewart called the spirit of st louis and i remember when i was maybe five five or so that i was watching this movie and of course it was in the, the cropped tv version and there's this one part where there's this you know limburg lands in paris and then they it the camera switches to this man who's jumping up and down, tearing apart a, a pillow and feathers flying everywhere. And so that was my first impression of my grandfather, that this guy was a little crazy. And I don't know who this guy is. Oof, weird. That was that was it. Then my father would, you know, he, he was represented in the film as this yeah. guy tearing up a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was so excited. You know, it's funny because the the movie with Jimmy Stewart, they you know they had all these interpretations of how to explain the story and that was that was grandfather there's actually a big portion in the movie all about him and you know most people 
just, you know, zoom right past that. So really for most of my life, he was just a, a photograph on the wall, uh, not even standing in front of the spear of St. Louis. In fact, the, the picture that comes to mind is this almost resigned picture of him standing in front of the Hall X-1, <laughs> which was this, this aircraft, this pioneering aircraft that he was designing after the spirit. Of course, I didn't know this, you know, when mm. I'm looking at the, at the negatives, I had no idea. I didn't know that his career would, you know, continued. And to answer your question, I, I knew that he was, had a part even after seeing this man who was jumping up and down with feathers, but I didn't, I thought he was one of many. I'm like, how could you build a plane that would fly from New York to Paris and get it done and beat everybody else in the world and not have a team of engineers, not have like, like a huge factory and just, you know, how, how is that possible? And so it was, it was that moment is, it, it was especially that moment when I'm, I'm, you know, looking into the trunk and realizing there's the blueprints. These are the, these are letters that Charles Lindbergh has written. Wait, this letter says that he actually had a bigger part. And this is Lindbergh's own words. It, it what kind did of, the letter say? Can, can you paraphrase that section of the letter? Yeah. More or less, what he was saying was, I, I've never had a, a challenge with a particular person in San Diego. And this particular person has always been kind to me as Lindbergh, Charles Lindbergh. However, if you ever need to show this letter to anybody to prove your valid point, how, how important you are, go ahead. Go ahead. And that was, that was the stunning one. That was one of those letters that just made me go, wait, whoa, 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 wait, what? Why would he write a letter yeah. that was supposed to be used of, as evidence? Listen, if, well, and if you think about it, that's great from Charles Lindbergh that he did that. But if you think about your grandfather's position, because something you told me in the Uber ride was, you know, the story gets written by the, the wealthy and, and they want to take the credit because there's only so much credit that can go around. And back then, obviously, there was no internet, you know, for you to get your story out there. I mean, and as we see now, papers are bought and paid for by the powerful. I'm sure, I'm sure it's the same as it ever was. And so really, what recourse did your grandfather really have? He has this keepsake of a letter, but really that winds up in a trunk in a garage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, yeah and also because it's so in a way of the ego like hey i did this as soon exactly. as you have to go like hey i did this you're already a, in a losing position you already seem like a crazy man you know trying to claim the credit for something because why would you have to if you really did it right exactly in fact that was exactly the the point that my father continued to convey because since i'd never met grandfather you know my father became such a a, a such a conduit so that I could understand what grandfather felt, thought, you know, who he was, why they didn't necessarily fight to, to get his reputation, to get, you know, commemoration. He didn't do that. In fact, that's one of the things in my book that I, I talk about is in many respects, his story, the story of Donald Hall is every man's story. In fact, there's even a painting that I did called every man because it's our story when it you know you don't go around right. saying look at me look at me how great am i 
And dude, and you're living life. You're living life on planet Earth. Your wife yeah. is angry. You're having a hard time paying the bills. You're depressed. You're drinking too much. <laughs> like you're overcoming demons. It's like, yes. you know, yes. it's hard to get off the couch, let alone go fight the man to, to, you know, to get your due credit. And for what reason? And you probably have internal voices saying, oh, it doesn't really matter. And what your grandfather did, that picture you said that you saw really tells a huge story. A resigned guy in front of his latest creation, just kind of moving on. And that's probably yeah. a healthy response. Although, yeah, you know, a little of the fight might have been good for his spirit. It's understandable why he let it go. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he he chose he chose his family. He chose, you know, my father. He chose to 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 support, even though the man who re essentially rewrote this history and might very well have helped to contribute, so that he has no commemoration in the entire in the museum, definitely in San Diego, but anywhere else. He decided that I'm still going to cherish and support San Diego in our history as as the city of wings which i didn't even tell you about that city of wings city of wings is a book that was uh a textbook that was written in 1934 no 1939 and it was in that book that the, the author uh, who had been petitioned by the san diego school district to write a book about the all the, the the significant aviation accomplishments that had happened in San Diego, including Glenn Curtis, who had been out there to fly uh, fly his airplane. I think it was one of the first flights over the ocean. I, I'd have to double check. But San Diego is just filled with all these stories of, of aviation. And uh, this particular author, he, he dedicated the book to grandfather. And I remember discovering that book in the collection. And I remember discovering a few other things that just made me go, wait a second, why would he have this? You know, there's there's yeah. one one paper that I remember that just still blows me away. And un unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. But it was of a flying wing, a flying wing. And it was dated before Jack Northrop uh, or, or around the same time as Jack Northrop, because he worked with Jack Northrop. That was he was his peer. In, in in Santa Monica at Douglas, Donald Douglas, before he was hired by Mahoney in San Diego to just start working and do a new design. A few days later, a telegram arrived and, you know, that just changed everything. But this, this paper that showed a flying wing, there were all these signatures too that were kind of as if he was creating evidence and history so that someday somebody was going to have to tell his story and little did i know that that was going to be me um, this is why i then, love this is why this story is is chill inducing because yeah. it's just like almost like god couldn't let this just pass he you you were yeah. you were given this mission unbeknownst to you and it's it's charged up your whole life man it's crazy it's like it's really nuts so so out of this i, I want to and we got to go to a break soon but you you made a whole book and you sold four thousand copies on amazon yeah. and you've become a fine artist and, and a real
really good one too i mean i'm a painter so when Thank anyone you. says Thank they're you. a painter i know i'm gonna pull out pictures of my paintings and they're gonna pull out pictures of theirs and we're gonna paint battle but yeah. no it's not yep. paint battling we both appreciated each other's work and we'll talk about that right after these words on tnt tnt's darren denslow yeah i'm talking about the illness actually that has done has been doing the rhymes not have we only seen a uh, a mass influx of people waving their covid tests online look i got a red line it's like oh my god people testing. or people you know trying to encourage others to wear their masks um, but there has been a talk of a dry cough. There have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that. Uh, have you been suffering from, you know, a bit of cough and flu or cold or COVID? Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I just, I just did my eighth test, oh, and okay. um, I, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. One reason people tune in to TNT Radio is often because they're loyal to a specific show or personality. Our personalities have been a part of people's daily routine, and people continue to tune in. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. All right, we're back and we're in the spirit of St. Louis right now. We're taking flight on the airwaves and on YouTube. I hope you're watching on YouTube and Rumble because Nova Hall is going to show us his amazing book and artwork. So you can't see that on the radio, but we could describe it for you. Anyway, so Nova, you open up the chest all of a sudden. And now within the chest, how did you get from red dust? And, and I love your description and the assault of old paper smell and all that. How did you go from there to really realizing that he was pretty much the chief engineer of the spirit of St. Louis? You know, it took another year or two to get to this point. I I came into contact with this um, historian who actually did the foreword for my book, Ev Casneris, and Ev Ev was was a critical piece in this in this uh, this bridge to build this this image of grandfather. Ev had. He'd been writing a story, a book, and he he was a historian of uh, Ryan Aeronautical, um, and not to be confused with Ryan Airlines, two different companies. And he'd been trying to find my dad for years and years. He knew that Donald Hall had had one son and an only child, and he couldn't find him. He Ev had also been hired by Ryan and by a man by the name of William Wagner to write these these histories about Ryan Aeronautical. But something didn't jive. There was something that was missing and he he felt that there was just, uh, he needed to track down my dad. So he tracked down my dad, he came out to Sedona. He, he interviews my dad, um, this is before I discovered the trunk. And he, he says, as he's leaving, he's like, hmm, he just kind of whispers in my ear, you know, there might be a book in this. And that was mm. it, right? It was that that seed. And, and then so when I saw that trunk, okay. I knew. 
okay so that begs the question though your your dad's response when you said hey dad there's this wacky old trunk in the garage what is it and he's like i don't know can you you know can you can you take my chicken pot pie out of the microwave <laughs> i mean dude like how does he Literally, not that know? was how it was I mean, we yeah we touched on this a little bit in the in the uber ride and it's like because there's potentially because there's a tension between father and son and it's it's yeah. it's it makes sense that the grandson who has no baggage would be able to celebrate uh the achievements of the grandfather but it's interesting as well that your dad had no clue what was in that trunk i mean that's pretty bizarre well well part of that was because he'd had a mini stroke or ah. that was because his his health had taken taken a downward turn and it, it was right around this time that i you know in many respects um i had to grow up way too quickly it was i had to become the head of the household i had to become the hall you know and and he my dad kind of because he he be, found himself reduced because of the stroke and mm. and it was it was because of that that it just kind of opened up the possibility of all of the questions because you're right i was filled with questions and it actually helped in his recovery because i'm like dad what what about this what about that you know why you know you know who was he and and he and he had answers he had answers in fact part of the reason why he was so kind of kind of pulled in in the same in, in multiple directions was because in san diego grandfather was known he was a he was a he was very well known right especially after the spirit of st louis and yet by the time he passed away he was almost forgotten so my dad had to had to try to interpret and internalize how he who he was and and it turns out what what my dad's you know what his purpose was was really to be the one to hold it to keep it together to then hand it to me i was only i was only 13 or 14 when my dad reached in cuz cuz we um grandfather loved to hike love he was a big backpacker and he he taught that to my dad and my dad was such a you know he loved hiking and backpacking so he taught that to me you know hiked through the Grand Canyon, I hiked to all over, all, all over the Southwest. And it was, it was in those, those, uh, those first exposures to nature that I really first started to understand who grandfather was. That's who he told me that grandfather was. And as such, there was this moment when he, my dad reaches in to, uh, to, I think it was his backpack and he pulls out this knife and he's like, this is grandfather's. And he handed it to me and with all of this comes the entire collection and he just gave it to me and it was like again 13 or 14 i hadn't discovered the trunk yet i didn't know that all these things were connected i don't even think my dad knew he was he was this uh this wonderful heart based man who taught me that it was okay to have emotions that it was okay to 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 dream and to dream big and and then he started telling me about grandfather and grandfather just he his like you said like we were already touching on ego was not who grandfather was true yeah, he was into nature 
I wonder if yes. you ever hiked Camelback. And it is okay to dream big, but it is not okay to have emotions, Nova. Come on, man. <laughs> right? Come on, bro. Yes, but it is not. Boys don't cry. That is not okay, dude. Oh, right. <laughs> now, wait a minute. So, um, so you start making this book. I, w- I wonder this since that the history of the of the engineering of the spirit of st louis was sort of co-opted did you get any pushback you make this great book and and present the book show the people this book it's a huge coffee table book hold it up to the camera so the people can see it um it's amazing i mean this is is a tome and and a tribute to your grandfather it's incredible um and and there's an exhibit that goes along with it and it's about to be the 100 year anniversary of the spirit of st louis too so you're about to go on a tour with all this but i'm wondering did you get any pushback from anyone did anyone oh yes discount your your story (laughs) and and tell me about that yeah i you know so another another like huge juncture was back in where's hold on i received this this uh this award or this this uh commemorative and it's it was in see what's the day 2001 right this was right before september 11th um now i remember that was that's part of the reason why nobody ever saw the video i don't know if i told had told you that but uh, i had been invited out to san diego and uh, again because of ev i my name started to be floated around so there was this man by the name of bill channa who was a former director at the San Diego Air and Space Museum. And he he had somehow reached out and found me as well. And again, we started to be you know, on the map a little bit. He invited me out and he said, I, I really want you to be here for this. And this was the dedication of Dutch Flats, which is where the first flight of the Spirit of St. Louis occurred. And Dutch Flats is now a, a giant post office actually, right next to Lindbergh Field. And it was the commemoration on April 28th, 2001, for the first flight of the Spirit of St. Louis. The AIAA dedicated as a as a historic site, and uh, there I was. I I I had I'd never gone to any one of these events. I you know I I had to figure out where the where the suit you know so how do I do this tie? I honestly I didn't even know how to tie a tie at this point. And Get a clip on. <laughs> it was. <laughs> And and there I was in in the rotunda, and there were all these chairs and and I remember walking up there and I was introduced to Eric Lindbergh and to Morgan Lindbergh, and we just the three of us just we just understood each other on a on a on a deep way that I I it just it blew me away. I mean it was like electric. It really was. And there then we were shepherded over to sit in the chairs. And there I'm sitting next to Eric and to Morgan. And there over there is the Ryan family. And this, the Ryan family, again, you know, Ryan Aeronautical versus Ryan Airlines. And I mean, there's a bunch of, you know, grandkids. Uh, I believe Jerry Ryan, who, as it turns out, had been friends with my dad, uh, which is part of the answer to the story. Of why did this get almost suppressed? And there I am sitting there and just just kind meaning of that your dad's friendship with like was a, a co-opting agent in the story as well yes. because for you know your dad enjoyed that friendship and so to uh very much this to 
put a, to lay a claim that his father had something more to do with it would be to go against that friendship. Yep. In fact, they they grew up on the same street, Xenophon Street. You know, the Bryans had the mansion down the street. Grandfather had been this is in Point Loma. Grandfather had designed and built his own his own uh, uh, house, and it was a small two bedroom apartment or, or small two bedroom house. And back when nobody had built anything on in Point Loma or very few houses, so yeah, that's exactly the issue. So I, so I'm looking over and I'm seeing all these Ryans. I'm like, um, I don't know if they should be here. Is what's running through my mind. And turns out that they had been showing up at, at you know anniversary after anniversary and because they had learned it's only so much and i remember bill channa who's you know he's the mc of this and he says okay does anybody want to say anything and i've been i've been doing toastmasters for a little bit and i had finally built up my my uh the muscle of standing up in front of people you understand it's it's, it's not automatic and but i I, I I needed to get up there, and I got up on stage on the lectern um, on the the dais, and then the lectern. I was behind a lectern, and you know I just I needed to tell everybody there that you know grandfather loved this city. This is where he wanted to be buried, and I left it really at that. It was so short. I was up and down, and Eric was almost stunned, like oh. What, how do I how do I follow that up? <laughs> um, because he had been attending these. He he was working. He was trying to promote the X Prize. Wait, and... let me ask you this: So you doing that? You just going up and sort of staking a claim that your grandfather was relevant, essentially, and and just remembering yes. him real quick. You didn't go up and say, "Hey, my grandfather designed this," and I don't know what those people are doing pointing to the Ryan's. <laughs> like you didn't do anything so bold as that, but just your very no. presence and and mentioning your grandfather kind of like you 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 said the out loud part quietly yep and i right. i felt i felt that was the most authentic way that i could communicate who he was to at the exact same so time. what was the pu and push then, back to that well so so i wanted to, i don't remember if it was before or after but i remember being in different groups with eric and and morgan and and being told who my dad my grandfather was you know kind of almost always it was it was minimizing his his importance uh he was one of them but ryan oh da 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 oh da da you know it was it was never really um no I, what am i saying he he was being put down <laughs> to be perfectly honest and i remember standing there just going oh my gosh what do i i didn't have the voice i didn't have my voice yet and i I was able to turn around and show Eric and Morgan this video, which the Hunt for Asian Treasures, which was on the Learning Channel, um, which it was going to be coming out because it actually came out just before September 11th. And he, they just were stunned. They knew immediately that this was that, that that what they had been hearing for years was not true. And I, I had uh, an initial version of the book like just in the very beginning stages, it wasn't done. It, you know, the layout had been started and, you know, it, it took, it took a, it took a while to get it perfect. And. So, but just, Nova, what's the, what, give me a story of actual pushback that you got. Like, did you get, did like the Ryan's walk by you and give you a dirty look, give us some drama in this tale. If well, there well, is so, any. 
Well, the, the um, I'm trying to remember. I'm not trying not to toss one person under the bus, but I remember there toss was a people under the bus. <laughs> Nova, that's what you're being paid well, for right now. Yeah. Well, so so there was a there was a particular man who was a fundraiser, and there's a bunch of very wealthy people in San Diego, and they had very very wealthy people related to again the hierarchy of of of, of aviation going back and they had a version of the truth that they were invested in. They didn't want the change. They didn't want me to be there. I was not supposed to be there. That was, that was really the, the biggest pushback. And but Nova, how, did, how, did, you, how did they make you feel that? How did you learn that? How did you ascertain that? I understand that you weren't yeah. wanted there. That's established. Yeah. But how did you, how was that communicated to you? bluntly <laughs> bluntly like tell that story tell that story how was it well, bluntly commu- well, you don't well, have to throw anyone under the bus you can yeah. just say a guy a guy did who, this. who who has become a friend or 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 okay in, in i, the see, future, why I he, see why you're ducking this now you're dude you're falling under the same generational curse as your father <laughs> like, well and you're getting and bamboozled by friendship man you don't have yeah. to say his name, but just tell the story of how it was communicated to you and just say a, a guy. Well, this particular gentleman, he said your grandfather was secondary to this other person. Ouch. And, and you know, he really wasn't that important. Wow. Right? And and I had other people who witnessed that. And I just was just stunned. And like, what did you silence, say? Like, I didn't say anything. I, I honestly, I didn't say anything. It took me, it took me finishing the book because okay. then I had the evidence. Then I was able to say, oh, and, and I did this with him and I did this with others. And when the book was then at the, at the Air and Space Museum in San Diego, um, I was finally able to say, now you see this, you, you, you see this drawing? He drew this, he drew this my grandfather did and he got it copyrighted and he got it copyrighted wow. and, and you know it's based on the, the stamp itself that Lindbergh was part of wow. and <laughs> and that just you know, that's and then, awesome then I, the evidence and i showed them in the book i broke it open so once they saw the book they saw wow that i wasn't just making this up and see that's that's the thing it was honestly that was that was an amazing experience when i finally that's amazing to hear dude listen what was there so okay so you put the book out and you're going on tour with this book you show them that uh, do they give you a response to that did they say hey maybe i was wrong maybe your grandfather oh oh, they did wow that's really really great and so you you can't deny it i mean it's it's the book is filled with the evidence oh i see yeah i i have to check it out man i have to yeah. get a copy but uh and i will uh because this is awesome it, but then it should I did. be a movie it, it really honestly it, it could be a movie and, and somebody could play you in that movie and then go back and forth between i mean it, it's made for a movie it could go back to so your perfect. grandfather and then to you putting the book together and the chest and the whole thing dude that that's a great movie why don't it's, you write it's... a film script I have. <laughs> I, I, I a beginning one, you know. You, you, the you thing that I've, I've learned. Yes. Well, I, I 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the things that I, I, I realized was that my interpretation, my, you know, and why I needed to write, finish the book was that I laid out his story. This was the book that he never wrote. Right. And I had to almost, I, to channel, channel him, you know, grandfather had to work right through me. Um, my dad Incredible, had to be man. right there. And, uh, but you know, one of the other pushbacks that was actually, I was not ready for this because, um, uh, you know, Lindbergh has, uh, has a bit of a history and, and especially in world war two. And I remember I was on the book tour. I was at, I, I think it was, it wasn't Hofstra and, uh, university it was on the East coast. And I, I don't remember the university and I'm doing a, this book signing and this couple comes up. And instead of challenging, like, oh, you know, Donald Hall wasn't important or any number of things, the first thing they say to me is that Charles Lindbergh was a Nazi. And I'm like, not, I'm not ready. What? And you know, I knew the history. <laughs> I knew, and, and I understand the, the, the America First Committee. And I, and I knew, I knew the, the recordings. I'd listened to the recordings. I mean, on my mom's side, we're Jewish. I think I told you this. On my dad's side, Christian. Yeah, you told me. And super hippie. Right, right, well, right after we talked about Israel, Palestine, and almost yeah. got into a fight in the parking lot when you dropped me off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we were actually pretty. Well, well, we won't go there. We won't go there. Yeah, we don't have to but, go there. Um, but um, it was, it was stunning and i just yeah. didn't know how to how to you know kind of you know taekwondo it into no but this is about my grandfather and right. and it was that 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 was one of those pushbacks that i i just was Wasn't least expecting, expecting. no yeah. let me yeah. take a quick break and when we come back you know this this story really doesn't end here it is it's 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 really an incredible story man because the gift that you gave your grandfather in a way, came back into your life in more ways than one. And we'll hear all about it right after these words on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I really don't understand how this trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein is continuing. And I don't know if Dr. Mann wanted to put his hockey stick on trial. There are so many holes in his argument. It is hard to believe. I don't even understand how people could have let that out without questioning it. And I've talked about this before. One of the biggest problems I have is he won't let anyone look at his data, at least no one that is skeptical of his data. And that should raise red flags. And I've talked about this many, many times. You can go and look at what the global temperature does. When it's warm in the eastern and central part of the United States and warm across Europe, usually the global temperature is elevated. Now, when it's cold in those areas, believe it or not, the global temperature is actually colder. The problem with this whole hockey stick and the recreation of temperatures from pine cones is the areas he looks at and draws his ideas from are usually cold when the earth is warm. So he would not be able to detect that. He would not know that because he's not a meteorologist. If he was a meteorologist, would he know it? Of course he'd know it because we talk about this all the time. They're called teleconnections. So if I were in there talking about this, I'd be asking, where is your meteorology background and are you aware of this going on? But in any case, this whole hockey stick idea of temperature recreation looks to be more of a hokey stick to a lot of us out there. And the first red flag is you wouldn't let anyone look at your data. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got.
Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out. Because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Back with Nova Hall and the fascinating story of his grandfather, Donald Hall, and him being the chief engineer of the Spirit of St. Louis. On the break, we were talking uh, behind the scenes, and and he said, I'm part of the story now. And I said, yeah, you wrote yourself in. And he said, or God did, Nova. Um this does have a lot of spiritual underpinnings this story i mean if like we were saying if steven spielberg directed this as a movie it would be the movie of the year you go you know you got your you you got history american history coming up on i mean it's probably too late to get it in time for the hundred year anniversary but you got origin story um hero's journey rich versus poor david goliath all the underpinnings all of it a, a, a huge layer what i think is the most compelling aspect is the spiritual component the fact that it this does seem to have god's thumbprint all over it did you have any spiritual experiences while doing this no of course you had to ask that oh that's that's one of the most powerful stories honestly um so back in sedona back before the discovery of the trunk i had been I jumped into the family business. Uh, my father was an herbalist. I don't think know if I mentioned this, but my father was an herbalist. No, but you and... tried to get me to smoke weed with you. <laughs> Just kidding. You didn't. <laughs> um, he uh, and there, there I was. I was. Uh, I had to take the books, the, the the checkbook, out of my dad's hand, which was one of the most difficult things in my whole life, because it had to be an acknowledgement that he wasn't capable of balancing the books he was writing checks that he shouldn't he was very spiritual my father always he he used to read me this book i don't know if you've read it but it's called jonathan lifting seagull by um sure by bach right um um Richard mm-hmm. bach. and um i i was at this point where i had to take the books out of his hand uh one of our employees our only employee she she hadn't been getting paid so she had decided she was going to leave and it was just me just me and my dad and just the weight of that just just it was too much and i'd never been felt real depression i'd never felt i was such a positive i mean i'm known amongst my my friends as being the positive hopeful one (laughs) you know that's always looking up always staring up to the sky right and there i found myself she was going to be leaving and i was just terrified and depressed and i remember i got into our car the uh the um the jeep that we couldn't afford that my dad had had got had purchased and i just started driving and next thing you know i found myself um heading into oak creek canyon up near sedona uh, right next to midgley bridge and i was just i just felt a mess i felt a mess and i i parked the car i don't think you can park there anymore and 
of course there are tourists everywhere you know i'm like i need to be alone so i'm i'm kind of hiking up hiking up going around and i find myself kind of at, at the at the top of this hill overseeing the the bridge and looking off into sedona and of course there's some more people i'm like oh I need to get away from people and so i i looked around and there was this uh there was this bush and i noticed uh is that there's a there's almost like a, a tunnel right there i can climb right through there and i think that oh yeah there's there's an open space in there i could go climb in there and just lay down look up into the sky and just just be away from everybody for a little bit you know and this was just my instinct right and you know i, I crawl in there and lay down and i clearly i fell asleep you know and then i opened my eyes and up in the sky in it was more because i the, the question that was running through me was what do i need to do where do i need to go next what is my purpose and and i was because i was thinking going back to college and just leaving my dad because like this was this was not going as i had hoped right and i opened my eyes and there's this 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 image of grandfather up in the in the sky in the clouds just looking down at me and and what he communicated was family focus on family what did that exactly mean i don't know again i hadn't found the trunk yet and and it just you know the impact me i'm like whoa okay okay and i right about that moment i kind of sat up and i looked around in this kind of this hidden nook inside a bush um, and by the way, these were not, these were spiky bushes too. These were not like, uh, it wasn't just like a I thought like you were going to get ready to tell me <laughs> if the bush caught on fire or no. something. I thought there was going to be a burning bush. but it Almost as good. I looked yeah. to my right and there is this antler. It wasn't there before. I don't, I mean, I, it's possible I missed it, but it was this perfect antler, um, probably from a young buck, not a full size. And I reached over and I, and I touched it. And I, and I, and I picked it up and I held it and I just, I was like, this is, this is my, this is the talisman. This is mess, this message about focusing on family. This is really what I'm supposed to do. I don't know exactly what that means yet, but this is what's supposed to happen. I still have that. I still have that the antler and what did the so antler really mean tangible. to you why why did you think the antler what did you call it the talisman tals, uh, talisman a, ta a talisman a talisman what, of, what, what does of, that mean faith. it was a talisman is something that that for me it is a a thing that will root you into the into right. the earth to connect you to to your purpose spirit. to remind mm. you to spirit absolutely okay and it I see. and because of that I, I connected it with, with grandfather and I connected it with, cause, cause as my father had always said, when I asked him, was my, was grandfather religious? He said, no, your grandmother was religious, but he, he believed in spirit. He believed that he would touch the spirit of nature when he was in nature. That's what always drove him back into the wilds. One of the one of the stories, and and I think this is where where one of the knives came, that knife came into being, was he um, after the spirit, grandfather went out with just one mule, and uh, a twenty two uh, twenty two rifle, and he spent over a month in the wild. 
interesting back listen in the 20s. let's let's go to the other aspect of this story while we still have time Le leandro soto so you were yes. in college for business and mm -hmm. um you you uh are you switched over to painting and the story of leandro uh the way he helped you discover your painting voice we we talked about some of our favorites Rauschenberg, uh jasper john de kooning yeah. all those mm -hmm. 1950s legends of abstract expressionism some people think it's a cia psyop i happen to love that style of painting i do find yeah. it beautiful and my psyop into saying it's beautiful and it's all a big trick i don't know maybe i don't think so but anyway that's that's a digression tell us about that so because this involves your grandfather as well yeah well so i had i'd always done art i think one of the first first things i wanted to be besides an engineer was an artist uh grandmother on my mom's side she'd asked what i want to be and she, but i i still very clearly i never told her this while she was alive so because i didn't want her to feel bad about it but um she said you can't make a living as an artist and you know, it, it is a struggle at times, um, for sure. But uh, so there I was now back at ASU and I'm taking a class. I'd heard about this kind of odd, really cool uh, a professor, uh, Leandro, Leandro Soto. And I didn't know much about him. Uh, I'd seen some of his artwork and it was like, really well, it's like, whoa, that's a diorama. And that's, ooh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And I took his class. I needed an easy A. I think I told you that, you know, an easy A. And uh, he saw immediately that I had talent. It just, you know, and he knew how to nurture it. Like I'd, I'd had amazing teachers, art teachers before. And, but Leandro was, was special. Leandro was really special. He was both a performance artist. He was, um, he was Cuban. Um, um, he had left uh, Castro's Cuba um, because he wasn't painting the right way. Kind of interesting thing. And but his 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 purpose. One of what's the, that mean? The, real quick. Well, you know, within speed, a communist culture, speed -wise, you have so I mean, to. Fast. Yeah, it, within a communist culture, you have to follow the line. It's important to paint of the dictator or the strongman or the okay. you know you know enough said and enough said yeah, enough carry said. on. So what happened was he he started seeing this talent. And one day he said, you know, in this thick Cuban accent, come to my studio and uh, we'll go over some things because I would like to talk to you. I just by luck, I just was like, oh, let me bring my book. I hadn't mentioned this. I didn't mention this to anybody. You know, it, it was really, again, following what grandfather had been, following what my dad had been. That, but I didn't know that I needed to step up. That's where Toastmasters came in. But there I was in his studio and I pull out the book and he's just like, what are you doing? This is your narrative. This is your story. You have the ability. And he's like, I want you mm -hmm. to go home. There's this, there's this artist named Rauschenberg and there's this um, art movement that, from, that comes from Italy, Arte Povera and which is poor yeah. art right and incorporating this and found items and you need to go home and on top of that i have one big project for you and he he handed me the book back again he said i want you to go home and i want you to tear every single page out of this book 
And oh, cool. I just was what a, what a, legend. a gut punch. What a legend, man. What an absolute legend for this suggestion. Rauschenberg, for people that don't know, is famous for like there's a sleeping bag painting in the MoMA where it's just a sleeping bag with paint splattered on it. I mean, brush strokes. It's actually really cool. I mean, that one could be a side, but like <laughs> it's it's like found up found objects. Jasper Johns did yeah. that with his bullseye and the American flag series and anyway so this is the this is the uh you know he's the, the trajectory of, of pop art right right you know yeah i guess so well warhol i think warhol but you think well, i i think there were they, there were they had some weren't they around the same time i want to say yeah uh, I'd have to double check but okay so you go home and you and and tell the story now you rip all the pages out i rip all the pages out i'm not sure what the heck i'm doing and i you know, start studying Rauschenberg and I see some amazing pieces. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, with with uh, with an astronaut. Oh, okay. Oh, John F. Kennedy. Okay. This is hmm. And so I get back to this to the class and he starts showing me how to how to rip the paper. And bit by bit, he starts giving me little directions and like, okay, you need to save the paper, rip it this way. Because it, you know, this the 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 pages in the book are really great paper i hadn't mm -hmm. thought about this so this paper was then going to become the the foundation of what i was going to build on canvas show he show then, an example of that we only have two minutes left so you got to be oh kind of quick about it so, sorry yes. to rush you but show this is an example of your work that's stunning love it and so it's yeah. incorporating aspects of the book and images of yes. the book into paint he uses elmer's glue uh, mm -hmm. You can use all kinds of collaging agents, yeah, but he collage. uses mm -hmm. Elmer's glue because it keeps it matte and doesn't have a shiny appearance. It makes it look old. Showing another one now. This is great stuff. Gorgeous. And he's been very successful with this artwork. So, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, man. I'm, and I'm hoping to to get a get a show in new york city one of these days i was going to ask you about that so yeah i, I never actually know. can link you with a couple galleries last week i did a show in my friend michelle max gallery uh and so i can give you her information i would be happy to connect you with anyone i can um tell everyone where to find all your wares nova um go to our uh our foundation's website um flying over time um i don't know if you can see it flyingovertime.org. Um, I can also be found on LinkedIn. I can also be found on Instagram. In fact, if you look for Instagram, it's probably the best place for people to start. Look for Nova underscore Hall. Can't miss me. And you will see the photographs of grandfather. It's over 400. And that's just, 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 just a tiny bit to start you. So good to talk to you, man. This did not disappoint me at all. It was, it's a, it's a great story, man. And you really do need to get that script going because it's a huge story. I mean, whether Spielberg does it or you just do it in an independent way, yes. I, I think a lot of people would appreciate this story because it is, it's, it's, everybody could relate to this, you know? I, yeah. And there's so more stories, so many more stories. Gosh. All right, I give Nova, speeches. Well, 
so okay good well thanks for coming on man and uh, i hope you come back again and maybe when uh, it's the 100th year anniversary we'll have you on again if not before and i'll see you around town keep listening Definitely. everybody we'll be back with more on tnt mm -hmm.